thank you so much. It is such an honour to be here. The last time I was in this building was the induction of Hannah and Gareth, but I did come to your event you had in the rugby club last summer. That was amazing. And I'm so excited at all God's got planned for you here. Now, I have to say, I really feel I've been set up today for what I want to say. You've like planned ready for me. And so I want to ask you a question. When Lily got on the platform at the beginning, when we were worshipping, grabbed the microphone and started to sing, let me ask you a question. Why did she do that? Give me the answer. She's seen other people do it before. Nobody had to say to her, Lily, when you worship, when you're in the worship team, you need to get on the platform, pick up a microphone and go for it. Nobody has told her that. It's what she has seen. And the title of what I want to speak on today is called Actions speak louder than words. Mm. And I want it to be a challenge to all of us. You know, let me say happy, bir uh, happy birthday. Happy Mother's Day. It's all right. My grandson this morning was singing Happy Mother's Day, but with the tune of Happy Birthday. So I've got very confused today. But you know, I want to speak to all of us today, not just to mums, grandmas, aunts, but every one of us, because we all influence somebody. I wonder what words you remember your mum saying to you. Do you know, I've been thinking all week. I mean, my mum passed away 37 years ago. That's a long time. And she was an amazing mother. But I honestly can't remember a single word she said to me. <laughs> I mean, I had her around for 29 years, but I can't remember a single word. And that sounds awful, doesn't it? But what I can remember of both my mother and my father are some of their actions that impacted me so much that I think they still affect me today. So I remember my mum and my dad, they had the gift of hospitality. And they would open their home, and I remember it from being a very little girl in our first house, which I only lived in till we were six, but I remember this clearly. On Boxing Day... The doors would be open to anybody in our church that was alone. It was mainly elderly people. They were invited into our home on Boxing Day and offered an amazing meal and we played games and they were made to feel at home. Something that I have never forgotten. I remember my mum sitting at her sewing machine 
Who had a singer sewing machine? Anybody here? Yeah. My mum had a singer sewing machine. And I remember watching her sit in front of that sewing machine and sew hundreds of pairs of little red shorts that she would then package up and send to Africa to her best friend who was a missionary there. It impacted me. I remember my mum at 11 o'clock every day, she would go to the kitchen, boil up the milk, make what was called milky coffee, two cups, one for my grandma who lived with us, one for herself, and then she would sit in her rocking chair, she would pick up her Bible, and she would begin to read and make notes. I observed that. She never had to say to me, you must read your Bible every day. In fact, we did sing a song, read your Bible, pray every day. We did sing that. But it was her action of sitting in that rocking chair, picking up her Bible and writing notes that would impact me for the rest of my life. My dad, he was the first person in our church to visit somebody when they were sick. The minute he heard so-and-so's in hospital, he'd be there visiting them. Those actions and so many more, I think, have shaped who I am today. Not so much their words. I know they had multiple words that they said to me. <laughs> and perhaps that's the problem. There were too many for me to remember. But it was their actions. I can see them today. I want to read you a story from the Bible that I read a few days ago that really spoke to me. I'd never seen it in the way I see it today probably because I was thinking about what I was going to speak about today. And it's from Mark chapter 12. Just going to read you verses 41 to 43. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions, for they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. That story is also repeated in the book of Luke. Notice, this lady doesn't say anything. She just comes, probably trying to almost hide herself, because before her have been all these rich, powerful, important people. But she knows the importance of bringing her offering. And so she drops it in, just those two coins, and probably hopes nobody's noticed because it doesn't look valuable. But Jesus, who notices 
everybody. <laughs> he notices. But the thing that struck me was Jesus called his 12 disciples to observe this. Those 12 disciples were nearly all teenagers. It's like getting your youth group round and going, look, watch. Watch what she's doing. Teenagers. Some of them would have been as young as perhaps 14, 15. And they watch and observe. They didn't listen to her words, but they watched her actions. And it must have impacted them because we wouldn't have it recorded otherwise. They remembered. Somebody remembered and said, do you remember when Jesus sat us down to watch that widow? They didn't even know her name. But they observed what she had done. And did you notice Jesus' words? She has given everything. Eleven of those teenagers would go on to give everything to the cause of the gospel. For some of them, they would give their lives. Literally give everything. So those actions of that widow would impact those young men for the rest of their lives. And so my challenge to all of us is today, what do your children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, children in the community where you live, what do they observe in your actions? And do those actions build up, tear down, or bring them some challenge? You know, when my mum passed away, um, I was left without a mum on earth. But six years after she passed away, her best friend, who was a missionary at that time in Rwanda, came back after 34 years of serving Jesus in Africa. And she sort of became my spiritual mum. And in fact, the last five years have been incredibly special for me as I've spent so much time just caring for her and just sitting with her. She went to heaven just about six weeks ago. And so, yeah, it's quite a tough time for me in many ways because she has impacted me so much. You know, during COVID, she joined our bubble, me and my daughter Hannah, we took her into our bubble. But the great thing about that bubble was we spent a whole year sitting with her every single week while she told us her story. I had a year of listening. In fact, we've written it, it's in a book. If you're interested, it's at the back. It's called From Dagenham, where we all come from, to Africa with love. And although I thought I knew her story, because I'd read the letter, or my mum would read letters every few weeks from Kathleen to us as children as we were growing up, I didn't really know it. <laughs> but I got to know it during that year of COVID. So I'm actually thankful for COVID. <laughs> Many of us are not, but 
Yeah, I got a blessing through that. But you know, one of the things that I will remember most for the rest of my life are the actions of Kathleen in the final week of her life. Kathleen was diagnosed with cancer just about eight months ago. And um, she never let it get her down. She was amazing. But that last week was tough watching her. She wasn't in pain, and I thank God for that. But we'd managed to get her into a nursing home, which was a three-minute walk from my house. How blessed was I? It's the best one in our town. God knew he had that room ready for her. And we moved her in three weeks before she passed away, and the home decorated it with all her pictures of Africa around the walls. It was absolutely beautiful and amazing. But in that final week, there were three actions that I observed of Kathleen that I will never forget as long as I live. Just a, five days before she died, I was visiting after church Sunday when I got a call from a young woman in our church. She said, I'm in the car park. Can I come up and see Kathleen? Because Kathleen was still impacting every age group in our church. And um, I said, yeah, sure. So she comes up. The minute she came in the room, Kathleen called her over, grabbed her hand. Kathleen was lying in her bed. She said, how is your husband? Has he found Jesus yet? I've been praying. And I realized this lady who is dying in front of me, is still praying for so many people. In fact, I've inherited all her notebooks and I've been flicking through them. The number of names that come up who she was praying over and I'm like, those people are going to find Jesus. They actually don't have any hope because she's been praying so they are going to find Jesus. But it was the way, even in those last few days, she was praying over the needs of people. That action, seeing her do that, grab that young woman's hand and remind her she was being prayed for, will stay with me for the rest of my life. A couple of days after, so three days before she passed, I'm sitting there and one of the carers comes in and says, I just need to settle Kathleen. You just stay there. So I said, okay. And then this carer turned around to me and she went, um, what does it mean to be born again? I said, why do you ask? She said, well, the first day Kathleen arrived... I came and sat with her so I could get to know her. And she started talking to me about being born again. I was like, Kathleen was bedbound. She knew she hadn't got long to live. But she was still witnessing for Jesus right to the very end. And then one of the other carers, as I was leaving that day, said to me, why is it every time I walk in her room, I feel this peace? And I was able to tell her why. 
So she was praying to the end. She was witnessing to the end. And then I've got to hold this one together. She was worshipping to the end. The last night, Thursday night, she died Friday morning. Thursday night I got there and I'd been three times during the day and I'd had no response. Her eyes had been shut. But I thought, right, I'm going to do what I do every night with her. I'm going to read the words. So I picked up her passion translation of the Bible, which she loved. It's written all over. I read one of the Psalms that I knew was one of her favorites. No response. Not even a flicker of the eyes. Then I prayed. No response. Then I thought, let's play some worship music. And up until all that week, I'd played a song every night before I left. And it was usually an old hymn, an old song, Great Is Thy Faithfulness. All those that I knew she'd loved from way back. And um, that night, I decided to play a modern one. And I played that song, What a Beautiful Name. I began to play it and there was still no response until I got to the words, death could not hold you, the veil tore before you, you silenced the boast of sin and grave. In that moment, the hands came from under the blankets, they raised to heaven both hands her eyes flickered a little, but she was worshipping. Those I mean, in her weakness, her hands were raised to heaven, worshipping. You know, I felt so challenged from that week. I thought, Jesus, <laughs> I want to be a prayer warrior. I want to be somebody that takes every opportunity to witness for you. And I always want to be found worshipping, no matter the situation I'm in. You know, just as I thought I'd finished preparing for today, I picked up what was one of Kathleen's last Bibles. I bought this about 18 months ago, and it's a Bible. This is just the book of Psalms. But you can write, so you have the Psalms written on the left side and then a blank page on the right. And you can write your notes about what it means to you. So as I've been reading the Psalms, I've been picking this up and reading it and seeing what she'd written. And uh, I got to these words in Psalm 34. Come, O children, listen to me. I'll teach you the fear of the Lord, or to honour the Lord. And next to it, Kathleen had written this, which I have to say was incredible. She put, she'd written how the leader of her Sunday school in the 1930s had done just that. With regular persistent, profound, and anointed teaching backed up by prayer. 
And then she says, after praying for our kids, pastor, at my church, got a name in here. This is what she wrote. Lord, open my eyes to see who the children you would have me influence are. That was one year almost to the day before she died. Her final year, she still wanted to influence children through her life. Of course, Jesus had many words that we remember. I am the way, the truth and the life. I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. So many words that we know. But you know, if you were talk to somebody who's not a Christian and has not really read the Bible and you said to them, what do you know about Jesus? Most people would say, oh, isn't he the one that died on a cross? They may even have a cross round their neck. Because although... We know many of the words Jesus said. Many people in our community don't. But they know his action. They know what he did for us. And perhaps you're here today and you say, well, I don't really know many of the words Jesus said. But, yeah, I know he died on the cross. What was that all about? You know, Jesus dying on the cross was Jesus taking our place for all the wrong that we've done. We can't pay the price for that. But he did. He did it for us. That incredible action. We're going to remember that in the next few weeks over Easter. The action of hanging on the cross screams at us today. I love you. That action. So as we come just to the close now, let me ask you, it's a big question, based on what I've told you about my dear friend Kathleen, when we're gone, what will people remember? Perhaps somebody will stand here one day and say, ooh, I remember when, blah, 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 about you. You know, I pray that my two daughters and my grandchildren will remember that I prayed for them. I pray that they will remember that I witnessed to people. I pray that they will know that I cared for people and worshipped Jesus until the very end. And like the widow with her two small coins, I will give my everything to serve Jesus and to build his kingdom. I hope whoever you are today, whether you're a mum, a grandma, a dad, an uncle, you will be an influence in this community to draw people to Jesus and show them just who he is and his love for them. Bless you.